0: what's going on everybody welcome back it's great to see you i mean if i could see you i'm sure it would be great i would see you like driving to work or taking a walk or when do people listen to podcasts it doesn't matter i'm carson higgins you're you listening to this show the first rule of film club i'm glad you're here did i already say that Probably not because I only just started feeling it right this second. And it's so glad I'm so glad to see you I keep talking about seeing people. Anyway, we are talking to a very cool dude. One of my very dear friends, Daniel Jackson. Um, Him and I were on tour together. We did a show back in the day. Green Day's American Idiot. That's right. If you didn't know that I was in that musical. But him and I did it together and we became very dear friends doing doing that show together. And uh, we both love movies. So many an hour have been spent with this guy just shooting shit about uh, all kinds of all kinds of good movies. But we talked about a really fun one today. We talked about Joel and Ethan Cohen's 2000. That's fun to say from the year 2000. uh, The classic film Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Which is one of my very favorite movies of all time. It's also one of Daniel's very favorite films of all time. So we wanted to sit down and talk about it. We also talk about some of the other Cohen classics, but we we mainly stay with this one. It was nominated for two Oscars, which we do talk about a little bit, but it's kind of nice to just note at the very beginning that this is an Oscar nominated film. Um, I think some of the critics were maybe i don't i don't know what was wrong with them when this movie came out but it only has a 78 percent on rotten tomatoes i would have assumed it had a higher rating but um anyway yeah we talk about how great this movie is how funny it is how brilliant and amazing the music is um just yeah it's one of our favorites george clooney john turturro tim blake nelson john goodman holly hunters up in here you guys if you haven't seen O'Brother, brother art though you should probably Stop listening to this and go watch it because we're going to talk about this movie for, you know, an hour and you haven't seen it. Uh, but if you have seen it and maybe it's been a while, then this will be a fun, fun thing that maybe gets you to want to go, go find it for yourself and watch it again. Uh, so, yeah, really glad that you're here. Uh, I'm really glad that Daniel came to talk to us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so please enjoy our our episode here. I'm bringing I'll bring him out. I'll bring out Daniel. Daniel, why don't you come on out here? Uh, here's daniel jackson and we're talking about oh brother where art thou daniel jackson is here say hello daniel what's up yes so good to see your face man dude we can see each other's faces but everyone else cannot see our faces
1: Sorry, did I? I gave away the magic. No, of no, no. The, no, no, no! That's it's how not, the sausage is made, everybody. You, it's not you learned so much it.
0: that you're giving it away; it's more like they, we, we don't get to see them, so they don't get to see us. It's true, you know, it's it's an true. Even trade, but um, welcome, dude. Welcome to the uh to the show to the podcast.
1: Yeah, man, I'm a long time listener. It's it's great, dude. I I love, I love it. it.
0: I, you, you've been you've been uh, telling people, you've been preaching the word about the fil- the first rule of film club podcast. Yeah, man. I-
1: I, uh, I listen to you on my, I have a really long commute to like my family's property that we inherited a year ago. And so on. it's like three hours from where I live. So I have like, I can cram usually two and a half or like, you know, three short podcasts in. So I like it. I like to stack it up with yours, the Conan O'Brien podcast, which is usually like 45 to an hour. Yours is usually an hour. And then I just like pick off whatever sports crap comes in randomly i love that you no know? yeah dude it's it's always a very
0: funny ride and now you get to listen to yourself on that ride
1: <laughs> i it's gonna be weird
0: i i uh i'm excited it'll be cool yeah. um and jt look at now you this is your biggest fan daniel jackson's listening to you yeah. you're listening to him now yeah <laughs> yeah no i uh i am ex- i'm i'm
1: a little i'm a little nervous i gotta admit because all the guys you have on are just so smart dude you're a smart guy you're a wicked smart guy
0: wicked smart
1: you know uh that's cool about oh brother where Art thou (laughs) for sure
0: yeah well that's that's good because we're gonna mostly talk about that today what i know it's almost like
1: we knew ahead of time what we (sighs) wanted to discuss but all my notes are about wandavision
0: oh man well that's okay too because how good is wandavision so so good good. i know I'm i'm but whatever
1: <laughs> well we i think we have another marvel something coming out in like 10 days or something the winter soldier yeah i don't know this I'll, isn't a spot for disney Plus. i'm
0: gonna watch that too i watch all of it uh yeah uh did Me you too. i'm you, gonna you rewatched oh brother where art thou oh yeah definitely
1: twice actually <laughs> you rewatched it twice for this yeah that's what's up yeah, man, man. Dude, I love this. I don't need an excuse to watch this movie. It's one of those that like when friends come over or people come over or like, I feel the this weird need to entertain people, which, uh, you know, I, I do sometimes. I always put this in like my suggestions. Like what movie, do we want to watch a movie? We could watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou.
0: It's you such a me solid, a- it's a good choice for that exact thing. You
1: taught me a trick when I first met you and I'll never forget it and I've used it many times. You said, whenever there's a movie you really want to watch, you pick that movie, Schindler's List, and like a Barbie Nutcracker. <laughs> exactly. And then like, no one's going to be like, you know, I'm bored today. I'll watch Schindler's List. But forgive me to the person out there who's like, eh, eh. but no, like, and no one's like, hey, I can't wait to see the seminal animation Barbie movie. I'll watch this Cohen Brother
0: film. Like, it's like, what was the Cohen Brother one you mentioned? We could watch <laughs> yeah. that, watch that one. It's like, oh, yeah. yes, that's that's an excellent choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I've done that many times. I've been like, let's watch uh this four-hour classic, uh, Oh Brother where Art Thou, or Waiting. Oh, waiting's a bad choice. I, <laughs> I lose to waiting often.
0: It's yeah. okay. The goat will get you. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> the goat'll get you every time, man.
0: Um do you do you happen to remember the first time you saw this movie i yeah a hundred percent i think
1: uh part of the reason why it like is such an important movie is because of the like nostalgia of it right mm-hmm. so i saw this film it was after it had come out on vhs mm-hmm. um and did you get it
0: at the video store shout out to video stores
1: sort of thing. <laughs> no yeah really <laughs> It's funny, I just saw a headline that was Netflix is doing a documentary on the last Blockbuster store, which is really bold of Netflix to do.
0: Just because I'm that nerdy asshole. They are distributing a documentary about Blockbuster. They didn't make it. Oh, that's, it's it's okay. a documentary that exists that they then were like, oh yeah, you could show that on our channel.
1: <laughs> ah, word. So they're not going to set up like pop ups next to like raisinettes and no. popcorn. Okay, <laughs> that would be insult to injury. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. I saw the movie. My uh, one of my really good friends from my childhood, who you know, Marcus, mm-hmm. uh, his mom. Uh, and my mom were college roommates and her husband and my dad were really good friends. Subsequently, we've just like been family friends for many, many, many years. Um, And I remember we all went over there to watch a movie and it was going to be Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? But like, here's the thing. I had just finally after years and years and years uh, of trying and asking and being told no, gotten a Game Boy Color Mm -hmm. and wanted to play Pokemon instead of watch this movie. But I remember being forced to sit in the living room, being told I could play Pokemon on my Game Boy, but I had to like shut up and I had to like just not distract anybody from watching this movie, right? And I remember several times stopping playing because Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard.
0: Oh, nice. And like,
1: Yeah, and I fully was not prepared to watch a movie. You know, when you're, I was, it came out when I was 10. So I was maybe 11 at this Mm -hmm. point, 11 or 12. You know, when you don't want to do something, like no one's going to force you like successfully, really, you know, I I couldn't I could not have predicted that I would have stopped playing Pokemon to watch the movie that I was not excited about watching. So then they let us borrow the VHS and I watched it with the family with no distractions and I just remember like my belly hurting from laughing so hard. There's there's so many characters in it that are so relatable. I, I grew up in Alabama, like mm. on the edge of. The city to the right of me and like meth mountain to the left of me like just right between please, that
0: please tell me meth mountain is actually what this place that you're talking about is called <laughs> no, no no we, we no, no no
1: it's not it's not called meth mountain but you know uh maybe maybe we'll uh put in a request for a name change um, oh
0: yeah okay <laughs>
1: but no so a lot of these characters really resonated with me uh just just like in a memory way not like i saw myself as a criminal as an 11 year old but, but there was
0: there was something about all the all the because there's a lot of kind of like filler in people in this movie like it's a huge it's ensemble a tr- and definitely. people show up for just a couple of minutes here and there sometimes
1: and they have zingers oh, one man. of the one of the best lines that i love is he's thank god your mother died giving birth if she'd have seen you she'd have died of shame it's so good <laughs> papio daniel Pasta the biscuits papio daniel flower owl oh my god but yeah so i just an obsession was born like i loved my family we always like love to laugh and movies that had a lot of heart and comedy were always extremely um we would go back to that well constantly for quotes it just all the it's, time
0: it's so good damn yeah. we're in a tight spot yeah i i work with <laughs> he my says dad That like
1: eight times in that scene I work with my dad, uh, who is an electrician all the time, just he's getting older and he'll often be like, hey, I just need you to come make sure that I don't get electrocuted. I'm putting in a new this or whatever. And so we'll just be standing around. And that comes up almost every single time he'll be like, he'll get his hand stuck or, you know, like he'll be trying to shove a wire through a tight hole. And I'll be like, damn, we're in a tight spot Uh, just every time. It's so it's almost sickening how predictable it is, but like, it just, it shows you. And that's not even the only one. There's so many lines in this movie that just come up in a very organic and just like, if you hung out with my family long enough, we'd quote raising Arizona. Oh brother, where art thou? And, um, like a various a various uh group of other just kind of like silly. Why, why do rundown? I feel like
0: Austin Powers is one of them?
1: Austin Powers a little bit, but a different Mike Myers movie that I've told you to watch oh, forever. So, so I married, I married an, an, an axe murderer, man. There you go. <laughs> that movie is uh it's extremely quotable and very silly. And uh what's your just favorite quote
0: from uh So I Married an Axe <laughs> Murderer? Just one <laughs> off the top of your head right now. doesn't have to be your favorite. Just say a line from that movie. Go.
1: Uh what does he say? He says, um it's amazing, you can move around holding that gargantuan cranium about. I'm not kidding, that boy's head's like Sputnik. <laughs> it's like, that's where you hear Mike Myers, Scottish accent and his full, like he's playing his own father in the movie. So he's like doing this just obnoxious, he's, he's making fun of their adopted kid or whatever. They've, it looks like they've adopted a kid and the dad is just really giving this kid a complex. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a silly movie. You,
0: there, you mentioned, it's funny that uh, it's like you can always predict your dad's going to say, damn, we're in a tight spot. It's like, mm-hmm. there's you a connection was made in my brain that I think is kind of interesting. Uh, this film was written by the Coen brothers. And like, it says at the beginning that it's based on Homer's The Odyssey, but... Mm-hmm just you know one one watch of an interview with them talking about this film and you'll find out that they they hadn't like read (laughs) the odyssey they don't know the odyssey they wanted to like make an adaptation of it just purely from like their knowledge of it that they've received just kind of through osmosis of through other things that are adapted from it Mm -hmm. through, through whatever so like i just find it interesting that this movie wound up kind of having that effect in your real life like what the odyssey is to, oh, brother, where art thou, oh, brother, where art thou is to like working with your dad.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because um, uh, my buddy Marcus's dad, we've often compared to uh, George Clooney's character, Ulysses Everett McGill, because his dad is a coal miner. And, and a just, Dapper Dan man. And a dapper, um, a dapper Dan man. He's a preacher now, uh, but, uh, you know, he still daps Dan's heart. I'm just kidding. No, um, he, uh, <laughs> he's out there he, dapping. He is a really dance. he's a highly intelligent guy. Uh uh Marcus's dad is. His name is Glenn. Glenn is a highly intelligent guy and n- he's very charismatic. And so before we knew Ulysses Everett McGill, he was always really funny with that like just speaking words on words on words on <laughs> words and saying nothing. And like yeah, it was that. a big source of comedy for us. So seeing this character like directly when i there's that line in the beginning of the movie when he's like any of you boys smithies oh if my not, god that's smithies so train in the metallurgic arts before choosing a life of aimless wandering right that is that is glenn a hundred percent that is like one of the most that's one of the most glenn things to say
0: oh man right? and
1: yeah so there were a lot of there were a lot of themes there are a lot of things in this movie that just uh like the kind of character archetypes that exist in these movie in this movie is It's so funny because I see so many people I know. Um, Luckily, I have no one to compare to the like the KKK aspect of the I don't know anybody in my life that's like that. Thank goodness. But, you know, the the (laughs) the like singers, you know, the the people that are very like uh, the kind of humble uh, spirit. The spirit of that movie is very much like in a way a lot of what I grew up around. And so it's Mm. really special to me. Like I was watching it yesterday and there were just a few moments where I just really felt this wave of nostalgia wash over me because it was like, it really does capture uh, a kind of very beautiful snapshot of the the kind of heart of the good parts of the people down here.
0: Totally. You know what, I, I was thinking about it in rewatching it that uh, there's kind of this very interesting thing that I was able to like kind of pick up on maybe for the first time, or I wasn't really paying attention to this. And it's obviously not anything anyone could have put into the movie, but there's this like wonderful kind of it is, it isn't the movie takes place in the 30s, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of things about it that are not like uh, accurate in w- with like yeah. a time frame or whatever. Sure, but that nostalgia that you're talking about, I felt it as well. And it is like this very specifically like pre 9 11 because it's like that movie came out just you know less than a yeah. year yeah. before that and it and it won the grammy like a couple months before it and it yep. was just like this it's kind of interesting that like that's where we were at right before we because i you know i i'm sure we're, we're not the first assholes to talk about how uh things changed after 9-11 but well right this, i remember this movie has like a thing about it that's like it has that carefree we're not worrying about it. and I noticed it because there's a line who's uh who's John Turturro's kin that turns him in at the beginning Ho- hogwash hog the wood hog wallop or-
1: hollow hog wallop or something
0: yeah, yeah whatever that wallop guy is he mentioned something about anthrax like the cows yeah the anthrax, anthrax took from- cows yeah and I was like oh that's so weird that there's an anthrax refer-. and I was like wait it's way before that was a worry in
1: the yes, news. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes and that's so funny you say that because as a kid, I thought that when I would watch it as like a 15-year-old. And mm. I was like, because I remember that I, I had never noticed that word yeah. ever. When, why would un, you? Until, obviously, I'm 12, 13 years old. And I'm hearing stories about fo- soapy substances being mailed off. And then I watch this movie just as I do see this word or hear this word. And I'm like what <laughs> i even had to ask my mom i remember being like wait anthrax like the stuff like someone mailed anthrax to his cows because i'm like this That's, is the only way this is the only way i understand how you get anthrax like, damn like-
0: there's some bioterrorists <laughs>
1: with his cows <laughs> absolutely man yeah and it's making his horse's turn the stews probably taste in rank you know
0: yeah it but it, it, it like just kind of I was watching the making of as well afterwards on on the uh, on the DVD.
1: Oh, but- I don't know if I've seen on the DVD. They used to have a, a VHS. Maybe it's the same one on the VHS at the end of it. It was like a Perhaps. twenty minute feature.
0: But there was a there was an interesting thing that I didn't fully realize. But it's like George Clooney had not like been in a comedy really before this. It was like kind of a stretch. Like nobody really knew if he could do it, and then he crushed it. Yeah. Won a golden globe for best yep. actor. Yeah. Uh, and then does, does some of the best lip syncing in movie history ever.
1: I mean, I refused for years to believe that wasn't George. Like I remember getting into
0: like an argument with a schoolmate. It's like, like that it's is just, George Clooney and you're an just asshole. So <laughs> <laughs> just so sure. How was dare, dare right you come this. for Danny Ocean about that?
1: Yeah. Like I was so sure that I knew what I was talking about. And uh I mean that was before I could whip out my phone and prove myself wrong. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I just in even just in rewatching it again, him like kind of clucking his head to to get all those notes.
1: Definitely, and you're a singer, so you fully get like there's a way. I, I even get frustrated when I see singers lip syncing to their own stuff, mm, and they're like, video "So or something." Yes, and they're so lazy about it. I'm like, please look like you're actually singing you know
0: fool me into thinking it's happening right now (laughs) i mean
1: i guess i should shut up and just consume the art but i often i often get like so annoyed i'm like it it looks like someone else wrote that and sang that song and you're just the asshole it's like robert downey jr and was lip syncing in that elton john video years ago do you remember that i won't love just a different kind but that is him singing that right it's Elton John singing it, but it's Robert Downey Jr. lip syncing.
0: Oh, in the music video. Okay. The music yes. video, right? And it's oh, like, I, I remember. There's another video of Robert Downey Jr. singing and I thought it was, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> I got <it> confused. Would...
1: <laughs> no, he he uh he just is walking around this I, big old music video. Yes,
0: yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. I remember that. It's a good music But he
1: even looks like he's singing Elton John's song. And I'm like, we know that that's Elton John. Right. <laughs> but he's like, I'm Robert Downey Jr. I'm putting in work.
0: Yeah uh you know it's funny my sister just tried to call me and what she doesn't know is she's going to be listening to this podcast later and be like oh he didn't answer yeah it was <laughs> him making this hi caitlin sorry i'll call you back uh hope it's not an emergency That's not. <laughs> It's not it's a funny. sunday afternoon what don't let's not <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there i'm the damn um, Prometheus. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: paterfamilias yeah some some themes in this movie that i always thought was really cool were uh I, all my words are wrong, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, the blind, the blindness aspect of this movie. Like, oh, like the guy sight, in the very beginning. Sight is such an important theme in this movie, like uh, from the get go. The yeah, the person who predicts what they're going to do. The rail, the railroad. The guy with and no name. On the
0: railroad. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, Stephen Root's character. Yep. yep. Uh, the the guy who records the music. Uh, Dan Teague john goodman is half blind that's and then the sheriff the sheriff we don't know that he's blind or the the bounty hunter or whatever we don't know that he's blind but it it seems he could be yeah it seems very much he certainly like there and i always kind of got like a justice is blind kind of thing from him like Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. like a javert character like he he's supposed to represent tommy's idea of what satan is looking like a Mm -hmm. white dude with a hollow voice and uh and and the dog but i think that there's more of a like the movie's about redemption the movie Mm -hmm. is fully about redemption and the sheriff is the only person who refuses any redemption of any kind right Mm -hmm. like even though they've been pardoned he's still gonna have a radio yeah he's gonna hang them anyway right there's no redemption the whole movie is about a selfish character being shown, like all of these ways he can redeem himself and be honest and all these ways he can, he can, he won't get the treasure he seeks, but there's all these other things that all these other treasures that he can receive. And Delmar and, and Pete are both begging to be redeemed. I mean, they, they jump into the river, the river
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Like to be baptized. Um, I love when he, when he's like, uh, you told me you weren't guilty of that. I lied. But I got I got got that. (laughs) But but the the preacher said that was washed away too. (laughs) That's so good.
1: But but yeah. So it's like the the movie is it's constantly showing Everett all these people who are actually truly bad. Right? He Mm. gets turned in by people. He gets lied to by people. He's constantly on the run. He's perpetuating like his own problems but he's being shown like all these redemptive things that he could go down and he refuses until he admits his own mistakes and only then is like he's blind in a way like the blindness Mm. is lifted from him and he's able to like figure out his his path which is just to settle down and be a good father Hmm. you know that's what his treasure is in the end
0: just such a good he's got all them girls
1: yeah seven of them i think (laughs) seven daddy (laughs) <laughs> so i told you about quotes with my dad a quote with my mom that is there is no context for this quote but we say it constantly
0: can i guess stay, go ahead. Oh, oh no I, I already heard you a little bit and that, stay out know. of the Woolsworth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great wool woolworths i don't know how to say it but it woolworths, sounds like yeah. yeah it sounds like he's a Wolvesworth. whatever <laughs> like that makes us laugh for no reason
0: i uh i've always been a fan of he's a suitor He's a suitor. He's
1: bona fide. Oh man, that <laughs> I, I I have to say I love that even with the children the kind of heightened redneck Shakespearean way of speaking never leaves. Yeah, like I've that's the song. that's the world we live in. It's like if you know uh, you suddenly to- told them uh, I'll speak a little more half eluding. Yeah, you, know, you have this <laughs> kind of world we live in.
0: Can I uh, can I hit you with a super random little little question? Always. Do you know where the title "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou" comes from?
1: Um, it is. Is it from a I? Is it from a song? No. Is it from a book? I can tell you. Tell me, I, look, I only saw this like yesterday when I was just like on the internet and I should have written it down. But it So check this
0: out. Once upon a time, I was in high school and I was watching uh, as many of the films on the AFI 100 films mm-hmm. all time list or whatever. Something I believe you'd do it's totally right (laughs) up my alley uh and this was back when netflix sent you dvds right so i i just put the whole list in there and as i would watch stuff and put it back in the mailbox all of a sudden i'd get one of the best movies ever showing up at my house impressive Uh, so one day i pop in a movie uh called sullivan's travels by preston sturgis and yes. within the first, you know, five, 10 minutes, you it's like this guy who I, I think he's a movie producer or or a screenwriter, and he's trying to sell a movie called Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Okay. Yeah. They never say what the movie is about. They only say the title several times. They're like, I got this great script, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and we're gonna sell it. It's gonna be awesome. And that is that is the only reason that it's the title of this movie the coen brothers That's so interesting they were just like eh, that's that's a movie that doesn't that never got that's not real so that's that's interesting now now when you watch sullivan's travels it's like this is the movie you think he's referencing
1: that's super cool
0: and also he he, that whole movie he like pretends he's a hobo and goes and like uh jumps in and out of train cars and stuff so there's like a fun little like uh parallel university thing happening
1: yeah, it's really smart. I mean, there's so many, there's so many layers to even the, the dialogue. Uh, like the very first time, one of the things that sticks out to me and always has, or not you know, for a long time, is right after the prediction is made about the, the cow on the cotton house, and there's that big, beautiful shot of the, the train cart kind of riding off into the sunset a little bit you hear the hard time killing floor blues song being played right underneath that kind of just like melancholic bluesy guitar lick that tommy later plays around the campfire mm-hmm. and one of the lines in that is these hard times will drive you from door to door mm-hmm. right so like i always made it's it's kind of musically in that moment where that those lyrics would fit anyway mm-hmm. and i always kind of took that as like they're showing you like we just told you he's not going to get what he he's after Like you will see, you will find lots of problems along the way. And then it's just reinforcing it with this song, right? And it's like, there's so many, that's just one example, but there's so many things where it's like, they're holding up the plot right
0: to your face.
1: (laughs) It's like, here you go, here you go. And
0: yet it's so, it like- It's tucked. It's it's right in there and baked in. So you would never even really know it was there.
1: Yeah, it's really clever. This was one of the first films I remember feeling like, I don't want to call it an art film, but it was Mm -hmm. the first time in my brain, like I understood what, I mean, of course I'd seen a lot of great movies that are full of deep and powerful moments. I'd seen Shawshank to this point, you know, I've seen a bunch of like, but this was like stylistically different than anything I'd ever seen. And like, there was so many layers to this as a film that as a 10 or 11 year old was just, Mm-hmm. really revelatory for me and like i compare a lot of movies about the south to O brother for one of the biggest and most obvious things like i really feel like i'm in the south when i watch this movie there's like a very like kind of tangible uh home yes yes, yes. and and it in a lot of it is in part because of the accents the mm. accents are not That's one of the hardest things is, I don't have a Southern accent, but it's because my mom is from the Bronx and I wanted to be an actor growing up. So it was like, (laughs) don't have a Southern accent, but like everyone in my life does for the most part. And one of the easiest things to clock and one of the hardest things to come back from once I hear it is a bad Southern accent. It's like, I'll watch a movie, amazing acting performance, but this accent is so put on and fake or it's all over the South, Mm -hmm. you know? that I, I like my I'm sure it's uh, British people listening to Americans do British accent. <laughs> accents where it's just like what are you from Liverpool now oh, or oh he moved oh. to Manchester
0: <laughs> for the <this> scene <laughs> Essex,
1: maybe you know uh, uh, but, but yeah it's but this movie is so consistent it's you know it's so it's so funny how like I, I googled the top 10 or or i googled the actors in it just to Mm -hmm. and the 10 that google shows me before you have to click on more and it takes you to a new thing five out of five of them are southern or five out of ten of them are southern sorry so it's like right down the middle they have like i think the people that aren't southern have great southern accents because the people who are southern acting with them are like you'd say it like this maybe yeah right you know holly
0: hunter's in the scene with you so (laughs) exactly
1: yeah and george clooney who doesn't have a discernible southern accent is from kentucky yep you know um Oh, also another thing with the, uh, the Man of Constant Sorrow was written by a guy named Dick Burnett, who was sure. a blind fiddle player. Awesome. So another kind of, I mean, I'm sure that was that's wasn't... an
0: old song, right? Like yeah. from the 1910s or something? Something like the aughts, teens. something like that, yeah. Teens
1: maybe? It's the aughts. No, the, aught, the teens, that, just kidding. Don't listen to me. It could be the aughts, man. I don't know. Zero <laughs>
0: to nine, right? It was a Tuesday, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. <laughs> But yeah no it's the wax uh, was cool yeah the song was ready
1: yeah man I uh I I I just really dug I really dig that aspect that it's it's really authentic in that way I feel it feels very much at home There's so many movies that I can think of that I've heard there's one accent Charlize Theron in mm-hmm. The Devil's Advocate like Bugs we're not gonna you, let's not man. pretend that she's not one of the like best actresses like of the last 30 years but like that accent god bless her you know what i mean it's like <laughs>
0: it's no good. she's
1: she's done southern since and it's been amazing it was uh, just that yeah. one movie where she
0: just like she uh, probably saw <laughs> that movie and was like i'm never gonna let that happen again
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: they spent all their money on
1: al pacino and keanu reeves yeah. and charlie starin and Could get to a, budget. couldn't get a <laughs> voice coach <laughs> forgot to budget a voice coach yeah yeah because like the acting performances hold up and they're incredible but that like When I hear her go, Mike, the payment, I'm just like, "Uh."
0: what is this? (laughs) What are we watching? What have we done? Um, I I have a question for you. Go for it. Uh, Is Man of Constant Sorrow the best musical event of this film? And if not, what is?
1: Uh, No, to me personally, probably for most people it is. But Mm -hmm. to me personally, I have two that I'm tied with.
0: That are not man of constant sorrow. That are not man of
1: constant sorrow. Okay. But Very I go back. Fun. I go back and forth because they're both really satisfying in two totally different ways. One of them is hard time killing floor blues, when oh, he's yeah. sitting around the campfire. It's that is moment. just in uh, that that just like the way he executes that just and he's he's almost like a wallflower in mm. a way. It's like he's he's not. He's not stealing the scene by any means. He's, he's setting the scene in such a gorgeous way because like that song continues kind of while they're talking. And the level in which it, the music is, it doesn't really fluctuate a whole lot. It just, it's like, ah, oh, it's such a beautiful moment. And then my, the other one is Delmar yodeling, or no, 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 I'm sorry, Pete yodeling. Oh, in, dude. In the uh, Jailhouse uh, Now. Jailhouse Now is so <laughs> great, man. <laughs> Uh, the only two people in the movie that actually voice their own songs are uh, Tim, Tim Blake Clark Nelson Clarkson. and and uh, Chris Thomas King, who plays Tommy Johnson. Oh, right on. Yeah, because Chris Thomas King, if I if I'm not mistaken, is is a proper musician. He's like not an so, actor. Someone, well, yeah, he's in this movie, so. Uh,
0: but I mean, like, he ain't trying to pay the bills being an actor that guitar means a little bit more to him
1: yeah i checked out some of his stuff and he's 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 legit like he's not they weren't just like oh you look the part because he does look a pretty he does look a lot like the original tommy johnson like the the Mm. guy he does have the look but he also just happens to have the voice of an angel
0: which wait, that that is cool because uh i I had always assumed that Tommy Johnson was based on Robert Johnson. Crossroads. I mean, look, it, even but in a shot, it's not a cross, the shot, it's
1: Crossroads. The but shot it's, is even set up beautifully to oh, look yeah. like, but it's not. Uh, it's, right.
0: because misdirection. And I didn't know this, but Robert Johnson wrote a song about a dude who sold his soul to the devil, who yeah. is Tommy Johnson, who yes. was a real dude as well. Yes. And yeah. And so because Robert Johnson wrote the song about him, the Mm -hmm. legend has been
1: misplaced. Yes, His brother, brother, Tommy Johnson's brother is who said, you sold your soul to the devil, was telling people that he sold his soul to the devil. And so Robert Johnson was like, that's a cool thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, (laughs) because you got to think. Badass thing, man. (laughs) You got to think there is a little bit of that attributed. There is a little bit of that attributed to Robert Johnson only because there's that there's a documentary that came out I feel like in the 90s or maybe the early 2000s that I saw that talks about specifically like he was a terribly annoying guitar player who just insisted on hanging out at the juke joints and like playing music and people would be like no (laughs) like when the when the musicians take a break don't grab the guitar and start playing let the musicians take a break and we won't listen to anything but each other talking right and he so then he disappeared for like two years, and then when he came back on the scene, he was one of the best guitar people players that people had seen. So you know, soul so the devil. right. So there's like How there's all this did he get so of, good? There's all this kind of kind lore of associated with it, but yeah, it's I grew up thinking it was a Robert Johnson thing too, because I grew up with a dad who plays music and uh, a love for rock documentaries, like mm. like any normal kid in the '90s. yeah um yeah behind the music was like one of the best things on vh1 man
0: do uh do you mind if i tell you my favorite musical moment i hope you do so i mean i will say i think i prefer the event of the recording of the soggy bottom boys to Mm -hmm. the to the reprise at the end even though it is so satisfying when that crowd realizes (laughs) who they are and they realize that the crowd knows who they are and it's just like wow okay we're famous great that that moment where when it cuts back to his face yeah he's just like what they they and that one guy goes god damn it's the bottom (laughs) boys (laughs) (laughs) god damn you might say hot damn i don't know it doesn't matter whatever it's Uh, but no like and i I still just randomly will get this song in like in my head and have to sing it like in the shower and stuff, but the Lonesome Valley. Oh, you got to go. Dude, Do that's my go. shit. Always was, always has been, probably always I, will be.
1: You know what? That's funny you say that because I'm now remembering a time in our dressing room on tour where I feel like a few of us, you, you might not have been in there, but I feel like you would have had to, to have been in there. Some
0: valley. But none of us knew the words.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we were like... Everybody ah. knows like...
0: Yeah, that's all, that's all. you know, you just, you just go for it, man. And it's, it's moody, it's eerie, it's dark, and we're down in the... But It always feels like there's fire at nighttime, even though that scene is during the day.
1: I mean, I feel like that's a great segue into the soundtrack, which is one of the just best soundtracks of any movie I've ever seen. I am not a movie buff like you are. So your opinion would be much more uh, uh, valid on best movie soundtracks of all time. But as far as like not writing like classical music or when you talk about a soundtrack that's taking old songs or taking standards, maybe re-recording a few for the movie or whatever, like this movie, Forrest Gump, like almost famous garden state i think of movies like that but mm-hmm. oh brother to me is like one of the tops for sure yeah i,
0: I mean, got the soundtrack
1: for christmas one year
0: there was if i'm not mistaken not a single song was written for the movie they no. were all plucked from real real songs real i grew old up singing songs.
1: i grew up singing some of them in church right oh, yeah. like i'll fly away is like mm-hmm. a really yeah you know, really common and I grew up near the gospel church. So like peripherally Marcus, who I spoke about earlier, he, his family grew up at a Pentecostal gospel church. So, you know, when I'd spend the weekends over there, we'd go to a church where we'd sing stuff exactly like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> like, like this, I'll fly away with the, you know, all the harmonies. And like, there's very little, like the piano's out of tune and mm. you, the creaking of the, the pews and everything. It's very much, and they do such a gorgeous job of capturing that, even in the recordings of the music. Like, yeah. I love, I love, the soundtrack. Is, so freaking much. Is
0: T Bone Burnett somebody that you have like <clears throat> gotten into at all, like from from this or in any way, shape, or form? Have you been like, let me figure out who this guy is that put that soundtrack together? I
1: I know who he is because of this movie, but like right. I me, me too.
0: I, I I that's like how I know who he is.
1: Yeah, I it's an and it's a name, you know, having worked around the music industry that I've heard thrown around so much. Like, yeah, it's like Tanahasi Coates before I ever had seen, you know, anything that Tanahasi Coates had worked on. I had heard that name
0: Mm.
1: a thousand times, right? I had just Uh, seen it
0: written, and so I never never knew how to say it. (laughs) Well, listening
1: to hip hop, he gets referenced in hip hop a lot, you know, and I, uh, I had no idea if that was a person for a really long time, even. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, T Bone. W- w- I looked yesterday, but I've t- already forgotten what else has T Bone Burnett worked on.
0: I mean, I'm gonna sound like an asshole that this is the only thing I can pull out, but I know that he worked on uh, the Hunger Games soundtrack. <laughs> Word. Well, I also, mean, also, uh, successful and successful soundtrack. Not a bad time to bring it up. Uh, but he worked on the soundtrack for Inside Lou Davis. Oh. Nice. So I think I think from this film, from Our Brother Where Art Thou, he and the Cohen brothers did like sure. have a, a nice working relationship. They might even work together on more than just those two films, but definitely those two films. Well, I, I think that T-Bone Burnett, side side note, uh, mm-hmm. is like the reason why Oscar Isaac got the role in Inside Lewin Davis. Oh. Cause he was just like, yo, you guys, this guy is so good at guitar. <laughs> that he he plays like he has a metronome in his body so you can cut you can cut and and it'll never be like you can record him singing the song and playing the song in multiple takes and it'll all be able to cut together because he plays in time
1: oh gosh that would be that would be a dream it's like, not up.
0: only is he great for this role, has a great singing voice, is going to act the shit out of it, but he is a fucking great guitar player. He's and I'll tell reg- you precisely why you should use him for a film, because you'll be able to edit around his hands very easily.
1: Because he's a regular George Michael Bluth. George Michael Bluth. That's a really, like, because... Oh, he's, <laughs> <with the bucket.
0: laughs>
1: he's got a perfect... Deep what does cut. he say? A perfect internal clock. What was, what's
0: that? <laughs> Face blocker, fake block. Fake, fake block? fake blocker. Oh, yeah. block. oh, uh, for know, those of block. you who are uh, uh development people, you know, resident
1: development fans, that go was download,
0: weird. go download fake block,
1: <laughs> <laughs> lob
0: and Lob bombs, like Bob blah,
1: blah, blah. Oh, Yeah, man, uh, that is that's another just his. You could talk about arrested development for 19 podcasts, oh, yeah. and it wouldn't be enough,
0: but instead, I'm going to drop some more knowledge about the soundtrack. Did you know? I love that. <laughs> uh, that do you know the first time that this? album hit number one on the billboard chart side note did you know it hit number one on the billboard chart i
1: did know it hit number one on the billboard charts i i remember watching a a saturday afternoon special raising money using a concert version of this soundtrack right after it hit number one so boom yeah uh
0: that happened a year after the film released wow yeah probably uh... in line with the grammy nomination slash winning because it was I remember it happening. I remember when this album won Album of the Year, and I thought that was so unique. I was like, "Really? They gave out yeah. they give out Album of the Year to a soundtrack with no original music on it." I okay. mean, it is yeah. the best album I've heard all year, but and it
1: shit. it holds up really well. Twenty one years later, yeah, it's still man. just a totally really. Does. I listened to it uh, while I was uh, playing
0: video games. Okay, here's a random question for you: Soggy Bottom Boys or Powerline? Oh, uh, I'm going to have to go with, this is
1: crazy, but Powerline. It's not crazy. It's it's like... Dude, it, the answer is Powerline. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Powerline. Because, because look, the Soggy Bottom Boys, I love that song. Don't get me wrong. It's it's like, great. But I got to be honest. I heard it on the radio so many times. I often skip it if it, like, comes on. Not mm. because I don't like it, but because it's... Like, I've heard it a million times. Yeah.
0: But you like, listen to Eye to Eye right now. Yeah, because
1: that never comes on the radio and for years it wasn't on spotify mm-hmm. so when i'd look it up when i'd look it up i'd like listen to people's incredible covers of that song i mean there are some really good ones but i feel like your friend has a cover of eye to eye it was yeah, really good
0: he does shagun yeah, Shagoon. yeah. yeah it, Shagoon. It, was
1: am- it was amazing shagun you did unbelievable he's,
0: work he's incredible
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's an incredible cover
0: shout out to the socal vocals acapella champs of usc every yeah. fucking year yeah. So good.
1: So good. But yeah. That's, that's actually not as tough of a question, but because I'm such a stand for this movie, I guess it might be a surprising answer.
0: Yeah. I just, they're both such wonderful uh, fake music groups or one of them's a solo act. Anyway. Um, what about the O'Neaters or the Wonders? Dude, the Wonders <laughs> are killer. I, if I could, okay, this is what I would want to have happen. I'd want the Soggy Bottom Boys to open the show at like four in the afternoon i want barbecue and beer and then oh, I, want, I want their set i want their set to be like just a little too short yeah so you want
1: so much more you you're want like, so
0: much more you're and like i'm then, here for the main event but this was great. so then boom like the oneiders come out and then it's like oh shit now it's like kind of nighttime more people are here we're really rocking out we're having a good time that was great, and then and boom, they play power f- line headlines, and we all lose our fucking mind, and we go home, and we can't sleep because we had such a great. No, day. no, no, you forgot at midnight. Um, uh, the band Big plays Gaga from Star Fever Dog.
1: Dog. Oh no. shit!
0: <laughs> Fever Dog
1: showed up. Damn. What's no? What's the name of the band? Uh, I oh, said it's uh, one, uh, uh, almost Stillwater.
0: Famous. Stillwater. Yeah, yeah. Fever Dog. <laughs> yeah, man. Ooh, that I would watch the shit out of that concert. <laughs> uh dude yeah that's
1: that's one of the things you know
0: what and that's exactly what deep fake hologram technology should be for Mm -hmm. i want to see fake music musicians like have a hologram of powerline go do a concert tour
1: yeah let's do with the carpenters and the mamas and the papas
0: doesn't matter
1: (laughs) yeah um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna bring us back we haven't (laughs) talked about something that is just one of the funniest out of nowhere things ever when uh hit, hit it the cousin says when he's talking about his wife who left, she up an R-U-N-N-O-F-T. <laughs> and then the kid, the kid says, get in, I'm about to R U N so good. Yeah, that's just out of nowhere. Why run off. Yeah, they just are like out of nowhere, he can't spell this. Just so we're <laughs> R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Run-offed.
0: All right, I've got
1: a I've got a pitch for a character.
0: Mm-hmm
1: he's it's gonna he's gonna drive the plot along but one of the quirks of his character is he can't spell run off <laughs>
0: <laughs> she done and it's so cute because it's like he's trying to keep it from the kid but that kid is very grown up he he picked off the <laughs> census man recently <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I nicked the census man oh that's what it
0: is my <laughs> daddy taught there.
1: me to shoot anybody from the bank What's so funny is this? I was out in the country, uh, where my family has this land, at this old, just run-down house that we're restoring. Um, it's like a hundred years old. And then coming down the road was the census man, and nobody around me. My cousins—they grew up in Arizona. I feel they have seen this movie, but they don't um, know it in their heart. Right, right. It's not. It's not like a part of their. They're not going to uh, get this reference. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so I, they're driving up, and then. They come to the door, comes to the door, and he's like, I'm with the you know, the census, and I just shouted from like the kitchen with the door open. I Nick, the census, man. And they were just like, All right then. So anyway, I'm like, from the census. I have a serious job. I appreciate uh, it if your
0: mother or father or parental guardian would answer the door next time. <laughs> you know,
1: very, very few times in life do you get a really just like stark um. Like example of your joke failing. Mm-hmm. Just like, here it is. You failed. No one thought that was funny and try again later.
0: I love when that happens.
1: I did that once in Germany. I got a physical and the doctor asked me how my hearing was. And I said, What?
0: Oh, and he God. scared
1: at me. You're an actor, so you can appreciate this. He stared at me for, I'm not kidding, like a full 10 seconds. If you're not an actor, 10 seconds may not sound like much, but Imagine being on stage and someone just not delivering their line for 10 seconds, but staring at you like you fucked up.
0: Hey, man, a 10 second beat might get you an extra laugh that turns it into a 15 second beat. And all of a but sudden, I'm not a, it's, it's funny as hell. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a comedian. You are. So you would get that. He did not find me funny. gotta
1: feel that one out. He did not find me funny. I tucked my tail and continued my business.
0: I'm I'm going to I'm going to drop one one more little thing that I learned about the soundtrack that I thought was really cool. The uh the very first song that happens, The Chain Gang at the very beginning of the oh, Lazarus, Pro Lazarus. Correct. Um you know about that recording? Uh I might know a similar
1: story that might uh... So it's a, it's
0: a real recording of a real chain gang really singing. Uh, from believe, like the 20s or 30s. From the right? 50s, actually. 50s, from the okay, 50s. Yeah. So it's not that that old of a recording, but it is a real recording of a real chain gang really singing. And when uh, the Cohen brothers decided to use it, um, they actually tracked down one of the guys from the record the recording and gave him 20 grand. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Well, they might need to give him a little more because
0: it's not on Spotify. <laughs> well, correct. <laughs> 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 But maybe uh, that's why it's not on Spotify. You know, it's like we don't want you making money off the prisoners, because then I guess what? The, sure. The prison gets paid. Sure. Uh, I don't know how this, that works, but I just this... I did find that interesting that they they I'm I'm guessing once the album was a huge success because mm-hmm. the album was uh, arguably way more successful than the film. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. And so it's just I thought it was a really classy move that they went out of their way to find anybody that was alive from it and they found a guy and they were like, you get money. Um,
1: is this the recording sessions that are, that were at the national Smithsonian? Because when I was in high school. We learned about a guy who went around recording like slave poems, slave songs, working songs, mm-hmm. all of these kinds of like very forgotten mm-hmm. um you know uh corners of like the culture really totally uh and recorded them and then i think donated into the smithsonian and like it, those recordings very easily M- moby got sued if i'm not mistaken for that one that Ooh, lordy, I mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think he got sued for that if i'm not mistaken he did and i took all of those recordings when i was in high school and put them on a cd for my uh english professor because he was, the way he was teaching it was like his computer plugged up to a projector and then he would hit play and it would take forever, right? And the sound was bad. So I like gave him, I was like, well, this won't do. So I gave him a CD and I was just doing it because I was like, this will be easy and it'll take me, it took me like 40 minutes of work. And uh, he was so touched. He gave me a full test grade uh of bonus points man that's awesome oh my god dude and i i had a, like a, a low c in that class just because he was really challenging and i was really into trying to get laid in high school yep um and so roll tide, <laughs> yeah, roll tide baby. <laughs> um no and he he would always tell me like you got to work harder you got to put in extra work you got to put in extra work and then this he was like this is extra work i was like that's i only got those points because i was uh trying to do something because i thought it would be nice if i had been trying for those points he would have been like do your homework (laughs) stop (laughs) cut it out damn it yeah asking me for bonus points do your actual work
0: (laughs) and then we'll talk um daniel are you aware of who edited this film
1: no but uh i do have some stuff on that
0: do you know who roderick janes is no so roderick janes is the editor of pretty much all of the coen brothers films ah because roderick james is not a real person ah roderick james is a made-up name for the two of them editing their own movie
1: okay i thought that's where you were heading when you said not a real person i was like it's just them
0: giving themselves some fake clap right them (laughs) with a fake name they i I I don't i don't know i I would love to like really get to know them and know like why they are this way, because like they co-direct every film together, but mm-hmm. only one of them gets a director credit. And that's like a DGA thing, I believe. Right. But I don't even know if that's the case because plenty of times you'll see that, you know, a film is directed by the Wachowskis or whatever, like right. more right. than one person. Um, right. So I, it's interesting that they do that and are kind of trolley and doing that. Uh, but they they do like write and direct them all together Mm -hmm. and they edit the film as well yeah that doesn't surprise me because nerds
1: i I feel similar to uh the pod you were talking about with wes anderson Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, like y'all talked about the stylistic choices like having control over a lot of that stylistic stuff is like really important you have to create like a consistency and like so it all feels like it exists in the same universe. So that makes perfect sense. I mean, they are the only ones who would understand the quirk of what they're going for for the most part. Them and John Turturro cuz he's in all their movies basically. Yeah. John Goodman. Oh, there,
0: I I read a great quote from John Turturro to Tim Blake Nelson about me, about this movie. Oh, what's up? He was like, um, yeah, dude, these this these guys, okay? They write scripts that are good and the movie is always two times better than the script and this script is a classic so tim we're in a classic
1: uh, yeah dude if
0: i had been there as he was a, like and i feel like an authority on this because i've worked with them a handful of times i should know
1: if i was a nine-year-old at that time when he said that and and i knew what i knew now i'd be like yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like what the fuck is this nine-year-old doing here We're this is the working movie set
0: also fun fact tim blake nelson was joel cohen's neighbor and do you know what i'm about to say
1: no i had heard that they knew each other before uh, so they were neighbors and
0: uh joel cohen had not like seen him act or something Uh uh-huh and uh so but wanted to give him the part and so Mm -hmm. when when tim got the script he thought that they were sending it to him because he was a classic literature major at Brown, and thought that they they wanted, <laughs> they wanted you know, him to, to punch they, it up or something they, no, like to to see like about the Odyssey and like the the oh, adaptation the comparison, <clears throat> yeah.
1: Which actually, and, I just and it's like want- no 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 we we want you to play this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. He's he's really he steals the movie. He's my mom's favorite character, and dude. She he, he, I think he is the heart of the whole movie. One hundred percent. Well he's the he's the obvious he's the obvious source of of uh redemption Mm -hmm. you know like he he wants it more than everybody
0: oh man and he seems like just such a pure guy it's almost like what'd you even do to wind up on this chain gang knocked over
1: a piggly wiggly in yazoo
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh and i feel so uh, jumping around but i feel so bad when uh when john toturo's like i had two weeks left on my sentence (laughs)
1: like i'll be 84 years old
0: <laughs> i don't get out until 1987
1: <laughs> uh, 84 years old and he goes i'll be 82, I'll be 82. <laughs> <laughs> just with the most earnest he's like, just so optimistic he's at like the end of the
0: tumble. tumble he reminds me of like linus from the peanuts gang or something oh a hundred percent that is you know what great. i mean like definitely thought you was was <laughs> do
1: not seek the treasure i also love in that same scene uh in the movie theater when uh george clooney is just spitting mad i'm the damn paterfamilias you ever been with a woman and he goes well i I got to focus on getting back the family farm first (laughs) i just love that like for a moment he gets (laughs) he gets like a second where he's like are we close enough to tell do i tell him that i've never been with a woman Cause like George is, George is talking about, talking to him like, hell, you've been with women before, right? (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, I, that whole scene is really good. The, I remember the very first time I saw it being so uncomfortable when they stopped the movie and all those prisoners march in, Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know why, but that like manufactured tension in that moment is just so it's. I mean, I remember it being so effective because it was like, they're about to get caught. They're mm-hmm. about to get caught. Mm-hmm. And even until the, when the music starts to come back for that little silent film that they're watching or the film that they're watching, you know, mm. that's the moment that it released. Because I, I swear that was like, it's so well done. And even a few times since I've seen it, I, I'll like forget or not be paying attention. And that music kind of stops and you hear the slamming of that steel door and you're like, ooh, you
0: know. Yeah, man. And then the big little uh, beats right there. Oh, it's so great
1: yeah the um the the burning cross killing john goodman is also a really fun part of the movie
0: it's very wizard of oz is it not a hundred percent yeah oh and it's also we, oh. Oh. Oh.
1: it also goes to their that coen brothers tradition like someone has to die in a pretty violent way in every movie pretty much
0: and this is kind of their like least violent movie definitely but we at least get like the satisfaction of like watching a racist and also and also it's like if you're gonna <laughs> kill only one character you killed the right one a hundred percent yeah because you make a fool out of the red dragon asshole fucking mm-hmm. homer stokes there's his name thank you homer i mean
1: homers yeah oh well of course well penny uh that was that was something i was gonna say yesterday you had told me that i had found out that they never read the book right mm-hmm. And i read it in high school so i'm not like this expert on the odyssey right but I remembered growing up and watching this movie and remembering the connections, but then I just watched uh, a five minute catch up on what the odyssey plot line is. Mm-hmm. They basically use like three themes from it. And that's it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and then like, you know, the sirens, the cyclops, <laughs> uh,
1: Odysseus. The golden U- ring. The names. The bottom of the ocean. The names are the, 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 the names, biggest yeah. thing. Like Ulysses Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penny. Um, I don't remember his wife's name, but it's like, peniclius or something
0: mm-hmm. we just
1: made that up i don't know it's something whatever something from a thousand years ago whatever i remember i read those books because i had to read the iliad but i wanted to read the odyssey because i had heard that it was what O brother was based on i was 16 so i was mm-hmm. like and that i that is a hard book to read i don't know if you've ever tried to read those books i have not they're,
0: I have they're not just i don't
1: rec- i don't recommend it unless you um just really like self-torture oh Because they're they're written to be read in one sit down, like they were they were
0: story. It's uh, a yeah. They
1: were yeah. They were originally told to be these like, hey, come sit for six hours and let me tell you a story.
0: I memorized a rap called the Odyssey. (laughs) You guys want to hear it? (laughs) What
1: if we did that today? Like, I'm gonna memorize uh, Dark Side of the Moon, but just the words and just like speak the whole show. Oh damn! Yeah, (laughs) including the the. The screaming part, you know, I'd be into that. It'll be it'll be great theater.
0: Here's here's a question for you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was nominated for two Academy Awards mm-hmm. for best original screenplay and best cinematography. Mm-hmm. Without even like looking at the other films from that year, do you think it should have been nominated for more things?
1: Uh, without looking at. Two thousand is American Psycho, right? Isn't that the same year as American Psycho? Probably. I think that
0: I remember at the Oscars that year it was like Gladiator was a big okay, one. Okay, yeah. So uh, no, Crouching no, Tiger, because... Hidden Dragon was oh, a big one, and they won, right? Didn't Crouching Tiger won best cinematography over this? Yeah, right.
1: The cinematography has changed a little bit. They've re-edited it and. I'll explain it this way. If you watch the documentary, it might've covered this, but I remember it covered it in the behind the scenes that I had seen years ago. Mm -hmm. And it talked about how they stripped the color from a lot of the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. But I just watched it. It's like the grass is green. The sky is blue, right? On the VHS, I specifically remembered how washed it was as if it was like a black and white movie in a lot of ways, Mm. right? And it was like,
0: the grass was yellow, Dude, what I just watched—the grass was very yellow. Yeah, see, not for me. I did you watch it on Prime? No, I watched it on DVD. I
1: watched. Okay, I watched. So then, so then you have probably a closer to the original cut version of it because I've noticed over the years I've seen on television it's more like the VHS version where it's like the grass is yellow and. In the opening, it's almost like they're all in black and white. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's it's it it's is.
0: It day. does actually start the very first few seconds. It's in black and white, and it slowly goes into like a sepia tone. Sure, sure, sure. I, but but I more mean in the grass. If
1: you look at like the landscape, because mm-hmm. I feel like the people haven't changed so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after it's gone, this the sepia tone. Interesting.
0: Um, I'll have to check that out on Prime and see yeah, and- if like you could really just. It is like they forgot to put the, <laughs> the
1: no, I digital think probably, rendering back on it. They probably did it because when you make things in ultra HD, it might have it might have looked a little bad, like the color correction might have looked off. But I, rem- or I remember specifically that Crossroads shot, right, with the, the two roads, always loving that because it was like yellow yellow grass right? right and i specifically made in my notes like that grass is super green now <laughs> it is it is proper grass um and i love the stylistic choice of doing that you know so that it has that great depression kind of dust bowl era grapes of wrath feel to it where it looks like everyone's living in four days worth of sweat on their shirt you know totally um, it is it
0: is like one of the most effective parts of the whole film i think is just like 100%. The overall overall look of it is just so perfectly like out of this out of time and like uh-huh. it's like no movie really looks like that and yet mm-hmm. it brings to mind old movies right that's why I, as a kid i thought it was like
1: an art film Like right. that was my understanding of what an art film was because it was the only movie i'd ever seen that had such an obvious stylistic change mm. um, unlike anything i'd ever seen i've since seen movies that have you know really interesting i would call much more uh you know like out there choices
0: yeah uh what's cool but... the uh the technique that they use to like bring those colors out on on this right mm-hmm. um it's the same technique that they used in pleasantville basically but pleasantville cool. it's used for like an effect uh mm-hmm. like like i'm yeah uh, what am i trying to say this is like the whole canvas is being digitally color corrected sure uh which was like i guess one of the first times that like an entire feature film had been like digitally treated that way
1: yeah and they talk about that in that behind the scenes they talk about Mm -hmm. the painstaking process of going shot by shot and like really putting because their first rendition of the film was really bright yeah. And they thought it just it seems far too optimistic. Like we know that there's going to be a happy ending. Mm. Um, and it just what I love is that it's not a happy ending. It's it's a classic Cohen Brothers ending where it's yeah. like the happiness is kind of subjective and it's like it's really ambiguous as to whether because like he gets his wife back, right? But mm. she's super unhappy with the ring. <laughs> and like it's setting up the like is this what you wanted bro like you know it's it's a very like we're not sure that he gets a happy ever after because holly hunter is uh she counted to three she said her piece and she counted god to three. damn it she counted to three <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> oh man that that moment where he prays right before the water comes in mm. that's such a great moment because like the whole movie you spend. I love dichotomies in film. I love mm. dichotomies in music. Like I'm a big fan of a rock and guitar solo, and then it gets really chill and mm-hmm. ethereal and just calm. Like Paranoid love- Android. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, or like Imogen Heap is a good example. She'll be really hard, 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 loud with the electronics, and then she'll pull off and get really soft, and it's a very like mellow kind of feel. Um, When George Clooney prays that like, just the way he's been the entire film, there's not an honest bone in his body. And then in that moment, he just kind of drops. It's like, I've heard this my whole life. Uh, You know, the last place an atheist looks before they die is still up to the heavens, right? Mm, mm -hmm, It's like mm -hmm. kind of that like everyone looks toward God and in a moment of need I think is another way I've heard it said and it's like that is such a good clear example of that and I mean he does it with all the heart in the world a guy that's he's super unlikable in his actions but lovable because it's George Clooney playing this part right But like but then like there's a lot of there's a lot of like in that moment this just honesty that I I love I love when actors like can just remind you (laughs) they like kept something in their back pocket the whole time you know it's like robin williams and patch adams you know where he's just a silly person the whole film and then there are those couple of moments where he is so raw and Mm -hmm. you're remember you're reminded why he's one of the greatest you know and totally
0: yeah it's such Uh, a good it's such a good moment do you think this is george clooney's best performance best role he's ever had
1: uh men who stare at goats bro i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like i'm more of a intolerable cruelty George. i'm clooney.
1: more of a i'm more of a hail caesar kind of george clooney hey um, hail
0: caesar's really fucking good no it, it's great i <laughs> i love that movie throwing that out there also burnout oh, here's a here, real quick give me a Let's quick rundown other... tell me about some
1: other coen brothers movies you like Uh, Well, I mentioned uh, My Trifecta is Raising Arizona, Lebowski, and this one. It's the most quoted movies in our house are Mm -hmm. those three movies. Right on. And then there are a myriad of other just like television shows. Uh, I told you I'd never seen Barton Fink. Um, Mm -hmm. Lady Killers is... I remember really liking it the first time and then liking it even more every time I watched it after that. Uh, Really? (laughs) Yeah. No, I've only seen it two or three times. But I remember the first time not paying attention a whole lot and similar to oh brother the second time being
0: like oh this is legit funny i watched the original like very recently and i've never seen the coen brothers tom hanks one but i kind of want to now yeah
1: you um you it was part of your uh your film club yeah yeah film struck film club baby you know uh shout out to that yeah always my mom always tells me how adorable you are when she watches your videos. Oh, she watches them. Totally, man. She, uh, she loves you. She thinks oh, you're
0: hilarious. I love your mom. That's nice.
1: I told you, my niece grew up listening to you and Oscar Gubelman sing the numbers song. Boom. I, that's, you know, you're, you're like yeah. a famous Can you hear it? World.
0: Can you hear it? All the tapping fingers typing in Carson Higgins, Oscar Gubelman numbers. <laughs> Enter. YouTube. Yeah, dude. You just, got, you just got at least seven
1: more views. At least um yeah, I uh I have never seen a Cohen Brother movie I don't like. I liked a serious man, even though a lot of people don't
0: like that one. Serious Man's um, just a hard nut to crack because it's like I, I think the these guys tend to make movies that like never ever are trying to like match anyone's expectations. Totally. And <laughs> then like, they oh always... you think you know what movie we made? It's like sorry a serious man was (laughs) sorry you came here with expectations a serious man was hard at first because i'm not
1: uh i'm not jewish and so there are several moments of that tailored for people who really truly understand like what it's like to grow up jewish with suburban america especially at a certain time right and and the second time i watched that movie i really just Kind of fell in love with the the heart and and the the main actor. What's his name? Michael Michael Stuhlbarg. He is so he's got a lot of range too. Because that was also, incredible. Wasn't that also when um, Boardwalk Empire
0: was yes out? It, he, he so it's kind of like from my understanding, he was like a theater guy, and then um,
1: obvious, yeah, you can see that. And though, then
0: like cool. who knows? I I could probably look it up, but then it's like he was in Serious Man, and then now he was in other things <laughs> it was well, kind of like I, the Cohen brothers like really kind of gave him a, a nice showcase
1: i uh i saw that movie while i was watching i think while boardwalk empire was still in its first mm. or second. and Board- he's
0: a bad motherfucker on that show Ugh, he's so scary too yes, like he's a bad he, man
1: <laughs> he um he just I, I love it when scary people don't do a whole lot like oh yeah not i mean al pacino does al pacino better than anybody else does right but like there is something really powerful about this the stillness and and Mm -hmm. the power and stillness and like he as that character in boardwalk empire just really brings it uh my favorite most recent movie though is buster scruggs i mean oh yeah oh my gosh that and again you you said you talked about how they they give you something you don't expect right um that movie, I did not expect it to be broken up into five movies.
0: Oh yeah, I did not know that either. I thought I, I did was, not know I Tom was, like, Waits was going to
1: star in his own film. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> sweet.
0: Tim Blake Nelson plays Buster Scruggs, and we're going to have a good time. And I threw that movie on, and then like, oh, Buster he's, Scruggs is over. <laughs> yeah, he's
1: it's over. Uh, it's oh. yeah, it's yeah. That story is over in eight minutes, eight or nine minutes. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I love that movie because it goes they did it like this but it it in so many ways felt exactly like how they made it that you know the opening of the storybook and Mm -hmm. it was like but it was it had the feel of those old disney cartoons or those remember those yeah like those old
0: that it was the the use of that book is really great
1: exactly yeah it's it's like that old headless headless horseman Mm -hmm, ichabod crane cartoon where it's like we're telling you a story way long ago uh buster scruggs is great he tim blake nelson gets to sing again um he gives you that delmar accent delmar
0: o'donnell accent um it's, a man named rambling bob oh yeah it's <laughs> so good He apparently, i don't
1: know if this is true but he apparently has a bluegrass band
0: he does
1: okay someone told me that
0: years ago and i had totally forgotten that until this moment and so, when theaters are back up and running, we're going to see Tim Blake Nelson's band. Oh, man. I would love to go see Tim Blake Nelson's band, man. Uh, you Opening want to for Toad the Wet's Rocket. You want to know a super random uh, tidbit about him? Go for it. Are you familiar with a movie called Holes? Uh, oh, yeah. That he,
1: yes, that he, um, I bet I'm going to know what you're going to say. He was burning the candle at both ends because he was editing. Oh while filming
0: oh brother where art thou yes because he directed he directed oh which is oh directed. That that's, know. yeah that's right but it's like that that little piece of trivia that he was editing he was in the middle of the editing process yes the i had no idea still, that that
1: yes. was something he did and i yeah. loved
0: that movie growing up oh he's, my gosh he's directed a handful of films but that that one happened to be right at the same time as this what happened to that sect of the
1: late '90s, early 2000s, where all the teen movies were Shakespeare? <laughs> like,
0: they did it all, and then they ran out of things to do. Things I hate about you. Uh, She's the man. She's the man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, is there? another. I feel like there's even an oh. Brink. I mean, there's Brink. What's Brink? Taming of the Shrew, dude. Oh, and Motocrossed was Motocross. Sorry. Night. Oh, yeah, Motocross
1: oh. is twelfth, twelfth night brink wasn't one it was motocross that's what i was thinking of blonde hair it, disney you know
0: it doesn't matter honestly
1: <laughs> but yeah that was a that was an interesting time you know we thought we were getting our parents thought we were getting fed um just garbage teeny bop movies but actually hollywood had our best interests at heart they were giving us
0: really top-notch shakespeare in the park they wanted us to be cultured
1: yeah um and julia styles was the person to tell us
0: yeah um Dude, I uh, I think I think that we we've we've done it. Yeah. Have I we done it? I think we've cracked this nut. Cracked it? Yeah. Um
1: I uh, I have a question for you just real quick. Of course. Are you curious at all about um
0: the I'm geography? curious all the time? <laughs> about all kinds of things.
1: So I tried so hard to chart what part of Mississippi generally this took place. Uh-huh. And it says that they have four days, right? Four days.
0: Oh, before the flood comes? Right.
1: Uh-huh. But it almost looks like they have no idea what direction they're heading. Because at one point, they're supposed to be heading toward uh, Tishomingo, right? They're heading toward Tishimango, mm-hmm. right? Tishamango is in the northeastern part of Mississippi in the northeastern county, the most northeastern county in like the southern part of the county. That's Tishomingo. And then later they're heading toward Itabina with, um, with babyface George Nelson, who was a real person. Sure um, was.
0: He also was dead by the time by the time it yeah. takes place. So yeah. it doesn't, you know. Oh, but real quick, this is fun blessed. fact. Fun fact about him in this mm-hmm. film. Do you remember the scene where they are driving? They're 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 like getting away in the car the first time they meet George and the I hate cows
1: more than coppers
0: and the cow gets run over. And it's like, yes. this really intense thing. Yes. You know how at the end of movies at the credits, it'll say like no animals were harmed. Definitely so to get that from the like humane society on your film, you have to like actually have not harmed any animals. <laughs> right. And so they, needed proof that that was not a real cow because it was such a marvelously done visual effect. Oh man, it
1: it looks hard every time.
0: They they made them, because also, you know, this is, it's 2000. So like Mm -hmm. these effects, it was just like, damn, I didn't even know we were there. So it was like, they had to prove to the humane society that like, no, look, this is how it happens in this computer program. It's a digital cow. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And then they got a rare a rare thing at, at the end of their credits that doesn't really happen anymore that says like, even though it looks real, it's not, it's okay. Right. Right. <laughs> I had heard
1: years ago uh, that the, I thought it was PETA, but that had, they had just like
0: refused to believe that the cow was not her. Like, yeah. Right. You fucking murdered that cow. We know you did. <laughs> You're burying We've seen LaCruf. apocalypse now. And this is the same thing. <laughs> exact
1: same thing. Um. Yeah. I, uh, the, the, the cow thing is, is, I also love when he, the line, when he goes, do any of you boys know your way around the Walther PPK? And he goes, well, see, friend, that's where we can't help you. I don't even believe it's in Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, ask him, can you shoot a gun? Do you you boys know how to shoot a gun? He's like, I I don't think that's in Mississippi. But yeah, so when they're heading toward Itabina, that's West Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they even know. I know that there is no treasure, but like, you would think like there's a specific they got to go to Jackson or they got to go to X, Y, or Z. And what's, and, and what's if cool? you chart where they're going, they're kind of going in a circle around the center
0: of Mississippi. Which is kind of, like, I think, on purpose. Maybe, like, maybe. Well, like, probably. look at the, the blind guy on the train car is the last thing mm-hmm. we see at the end of the mm-hmm. film. So it's like, where has he gone all the way to and back to get us Huh. Mind you, sure. when we meet him is not where we see him at the end of the film. Exactly. Like the yeah. The fact that we see him again, and the only thing that we see him on is a straight line, mm-hmm. straight yeah, road that's to true. nowhere, basically. And yet, how do we run into him? It's again? like this I mean, linear kind of thing. That yeah, it's kind of like how <clears throat> you know the the Odyssey, from what I understand, is like just a big journey back home, right?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. So it's
0: it's similar similarly to this, right? It's like there's so
1: much fighting in it.
0: Not in this one. Well, I, I more more that like, you know, <clears throat> what's it? Penny Polly, who's Holly Hunter's character? Penny. Yeah. Like Penny. she she is she is home for mm-hmm. our hero. Sure. And so like to to make it all the way back home is kind of one of the you know, the tre- the treasure you were looking for was right where you were all along or whatever. Yeah. One of those uh, kind of things. Uh, real quick. But I, I also just don't think that the Coens are all that worried about it. I think they like no. the. What's the weird name that you said? Chihokupi? Uh Tishomingo. That's just a great fucking word. Like for all I know, they were like, yeah, there's a place a Native American town called Tishomingo. That's where we're going.
1: A famous, uh, it, it was named because a leader of a tribe died in Tishomingo while they were being marched onto the Trail of Tears. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Itabina is uh Choctaw word that means forest camp.
0: Well, look at you.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, well, I mean, in the south, there are a ton of those. Like we have uh, Ufala Alabama. We have Decatur. You Tuscaloosa. follow me? I
0: follow you. Okay. Where
1: Where the University of Alabama is is Tuscaloosa, which is, you know, I believe a
0: warrior. Um, it sounds like an Italian talking about someone's tusk <laughs> coming out.
1: It's, it's t- your Tuscaloosa is out. His Tuscaloosa. His Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I'm doing a more American, uh, Italian American, and you're doing like Mario. <laughs> 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 it's me. <laughs> um, we ha- barely talked about it, but real quick and uh, uh, with a bow on it, John Goodman is like on the screen for maybe a total of four minutes, but is one of the absolute most memorable characters. Absolutely. I think it's one of I think it's one of the most memorable characters he plays because. I love that fast talking Bible salesman type is I've met that guy more times than I've met like any other type of adult man in Mm. growing up in the South, just like the people that are big gregarious and they'll talk your ear off about everything. And Mm. Oh man, you don't understand what you're talking about. The good Lord, like all this, like, like a 1940s radio announcer, it's, it's a, it's a real person.
0: I love his line about, um, I, I i can't eat and talk at the same time it's, it's i find it vile and or rude yeah, and he, vulgar. Says,
1: he says i appreciate the height the conversational hiatus uh hiatus i was feeling my peckish uh those who attempt there are those who attempt to eat during gustation right yeah <laughs> i find i find those who do it at the same time coarse and vulgar he's like it's i butchered it but yeah i i love that he's it's again it's that talking in, in like these big, big words to say so little. Thanks for letting me eat and not talking to me while we eat, right? Like that is In the longest
0: way possible. (laughs) Right,
1: but like I mentioned with Glenn earlier and Ulysses Everett McGill, like that is a real, real character that exists. This very, And, and it's just great. Like George Clooney's character meets Dan Teague and has no clue That they're not the same. He thinks that they're the same, like, and that's why even when he beats Delmar's ass, he's like, "I don't get it, Big Dan," because he's like, "Never in a million years would this like smooth talk. He's just like him, right? Yeah, right. That's the idea behind it. And and even after he gets his ass beat, he's like, "What? Hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) did I I just did I just get this? Isn't right? You know, it's." John, i i love john goodman it
0: kind of always feels like the cohen's just like make a short film with with john goodman and put it in the middle of whatever feature film they were making like in inside lewin davis he's just mm-hmm. like that that asshole in the back seat yep for like 20 minutes or what or maybe it isn't and just feels is like it, 10 like, it it's, isn't
1: like 10 minutes it's, it's probably eight that. minutes yeah. and then, yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's a, a three. Long, it's, but... a 30 second, it's a thirty-second. It's a thirty-second scene. He's got um, two lines. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's several actors from that. The there are people from the Lebowski's that show up in that movie. Oh yeah. I, um, well,
0: the Cohens are really good about like having I kind of their arsenal of people that get used. Even even like in Happy like Very small roles. Yeah. Wes Anderson too, and all. Yeah. All these. You know.
1: I like that. I, I because again something that I didn't it's like understand. A theater all.
0: company. You know, there's like a a thing about it.
1: I wasn't able to articulate it until the Marvel movies came out, but like creating something that feels like it exists in the same universe. Mm -hmm. um, That's become a more common thing, but like, I love going back and watching Tarantino films. And uh, I haven't watched a million Wes Anderson movies, but I've seen a couple and like, I love feeling like they do exist in the same universe, I think. And then, you know, the Marvel movies that goes without saying, that's exactly what they were trying to create. Right. (laughs) But like, I when you when you go back and you look at these directors were ahead of that curve for a while, you know. Oh, you yeah, fully, fully believe yeah. that these characters, and then Tarantino movies, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't aren't there so many references to his past characters? Oh and, yeah, like and the like Easter eggs will, in those movies. Will be related
0: you. and like just yeah, Easter eggs is the word I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and Rockstar Games does that a lot too with their you know
0: connections. It's basically, like the best creatives always kind of tip their own tip their hat to themselves
1: (laughs) right well yeah but i think there's something to be said for creating a universe rather than creating a character you know a character a character can change all within their universe
0: i mean like dapper dan is a pomade that did not exist but you could go on amazon right now and buy pomade that's called dapper dan and it's because the coen brothers wanted it to exist and now it does
1: i uh you know what i'm looking for a new thing i have really long hair now i might just dapper dan my long hair and just go with a whole Loki look. You should do it. Yeah. I, I don't leave my house anyway, so no one will see it.
0: Hey, you know, if, if my gut is right, we're going to be leaving our houses soon.
1: Uh, let's, you know, I think even after uh, everyone's allowed to leave their house, I might just stay home just to see how it feels. Just to be like, now it's a choice. <laughs> like I'll confront my FOMO really hard by like knowing that everybody's out, like, uh, wake me up before you go go montage of totally just like up. people laughing and having a good mm-hmm. time and I'm sitting at home choosing to sulk because I'm alone <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, okay real quick
0: we'll I just mm-hmm. want I just want to know you know okay so pretend I've, I've never heard of this movie I'm just like oh oh brother where art thou what's that yeah tell me what that is um,
1: it is uh, an approximately ninety-minute film full of heart and uh, symbolism and uh, incredible actors, and it is one of the most important uh, movies in my lifetime. And uh, basically, all of my good jokes come from that movie.
0: Hmm, sounds boring. Can we watch Waiting instead? Uh, actually, yeah my <laughs> second my second favorite jokes come from that movie, so that's perfect. Uh... No, I'm in the mood for Schindler's List now.
1: Actually, uh, I was thinking when I said that earlier, I haven't seen that in about ten years. I should watch it again.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh, I will say, all jokes aside, if you haven't seen Schindler's List in a while, you should watch it. It's so good.
1: Oh, I I, I remember seeing that movie and not being able to watch any dramas for like a year after that. It, I remember. Yeah. I watched that, and then the next heavy movie I watched was Sophie's Choice, and I oh, like man. I took a break from dramas for like a few years. Like, unless I'd already seen it, if I'd already seen the drama, I could watch it again because the the
0: no the, new dramas.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not
0: doing this. I was like, why? And then you were like, okay, I'll finally do it, and you went and saw Precious, and you were like, yeah, fuck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw Precious in the theaters, man. Me that too. Was, uh... It ruined my whole day oh yeah i saw a matinee too Did you see a matinee? i was like, I saw I was matinee, like
0: dude. and she has aids what the
1: fuck <laughs> man know. spoiler no i remember i remember going to see a matinee of that
0: movie i saw it as a matinee ruined my whole yeah with
1: friends because i was like well we'll go see precious and then we'll like go have dinner and it'll be fun I saw it with when... my
0: girlfriend at the time and her mom uh, all three of us were like well do you want to just go to bed it's two yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> we could just have today be over.
1: I remember we walked out of that movie theater and nobody spoke for like oh. 10 What the fuck are you going to say? At least. <laughs>
0: at least. The only thing you could say is I need another tissue. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Monique was really way better than she needed to be in that
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of going harder than you need to be. We got yeah. Phil Collins, Monique and, you know, uh george clooney lip-syncing
0: uh man of constant yep, sorrow <laughs> there it is and, and that's, that's exactly how it is daniel i love you man i'm so glad you, you came too. to talk to me about one of our favorite films dude i uh can't
1: wait to listen to um how stupid i sound and you know crash on purpose because well, i don't want to listen anymore.
0: It, ideally you're listening still you're still driving you made it to the end of the episode <laughs> what do you want to tell yourself uh just good job yeah keep your eyes dude. on the road daniel
1: yeah, stop texting um, at every stoplight. Just because you're stopped doesn't mean that, you know, you need to check Bitcoin. There you go. <laughs> Actually, I do, need, I do need to check Bitcoin at every stoplight. You don't I could need
0: to. I, 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 you're right, I don't. But I, You I don't. could just save it for a week and be surprised. You know, if I had done that this last
1: week, it would be a great surprise. Yeah.
0: Hey, Daniel, is there anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, go watch this movie if you haven't. But I'm assuming because you're that
1: you're this far, you've already seen it. But uh,
0: hey, I mean, we didn't like. You no, know, we told him everything. We did. Um, <laughs> yeah, we spoiled the whole thing. Here, you know what? Uh, go watch Inside Lewin Davis then. Yeah, or, or go, one of the other Bart Coen brothers Fink. movies that you haven't seen, Barton Fink. We should all watch I, that. I haven't I've seen Blood seen Simple. I, I have to do Blood Simple. I actually
1: had never heard of that movie until I was looking at all the Coen brother films yesterday to see to make sure that i'd seen most of them i kind of i I, I need to hit the early stuff
0: i need to do blood simple miller's crossing miller's crossing i've seen i need to do barton fink again because i tried a long time ago and you have to see raising arizona because it might be the funniest it's
1: i mean it's Nicolas cage before he was really properly
0: famous yeah
1: yeah but before he was like a meme Mm -hmm. he was and before the bees, um, right? <laughs> it's before that. So we still, we still very much, and Holly Hunter is so young and cute. Mm. And do you know what that movie's about? It's amazing. You got to watch I it. I do.
0: I do. It's, I I, it's I've, so I, feel like I've seen part of it, never all of it. It is,
1: that is another one that has so many of the Coen Brother actors who just pop up over the years and a lot of really great performances uh, from people that you don't see a whole lot unless you watched a lot of like kind of uh b 90s comedies you know what i mean because a lot of those actors did movies they wanted to do not movies they had to do you know right and so and there was that time in the 90s where movies just felt it felt like there were so many a-list actors in like low-budget comedies and Mm. it was the movies were great because of it ed norton talks a little bit about that in an interview i heard like studios would take risks they'd be like oh you've got all these people cool they, they don't want to get paid a ton of money. They just believe in the script. Cool. Sweet. New, line, anyway. <laughs> New line Cinema, man. That's like companies like Miramax, New Line Cinema, man. They yep. think about all those movies. Anyway, well, this was so
0: fun. So I can't fun. wait to we'll listen. Have, yes, we'll have you back for sure. And we'll talk about something else and it'll be a good time then as well. Um, in the meantime, do you want anybody to look up anything about you or just leave you alone? Uh, you can follow me on
1: Instagram and Twitter, Daniel C. Jackson. Um, You know, I'm kind of a boring social media person unless you like politics or sports. If you like both of those things, then you should definitely follow me. If you don't, don't follow me. It's cool. I don't want you to follow me out of pity and then be like, this motherfucker is just, he's so corny. Get rid of it. I will
0: say if you look up Daniel Jackson on YouTube, uh, I don't know what you'll find, but if you happen to see him singing, you'll be like, damn, that guy's really good. (laughs) You honor me. You honor me. (laughs) He's, he's really good, you guys. Uh, I, 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 I'm just letting you know. <laughs> he's I, I, just really good at singing, and you'll find out if you look him up on on on, on the online. My uh, my mom would happen to agree with you a whole lot. So yeah, pretty uh, much everyone that I know that knows you would also be like, yeah. If you, you you know that we still every once in a while we'll be like, dude, do you remember when Daniel fucking ripped Roxanne in that? <laughs>
1: oh man London <laughs> London
0: I remember uh,
1: the thing I remember most about that is uh, uh Daniel Jakubovic who's playing the piano is like half playing while drinking scotch on the rocks but like he's he's playing it like he's he knows what he's he's doing he's crushing it yeah. and he's, he looks so lazy about it in like the good way And I'm singing and Brandon Calm is like doing that laugh crying thing he does when he's just like, oh my God. (laughs) Uh, And I'm over here going, do I know the words to this? I'm singing in a lobby full of people. And I don't think I actually know this song.
0: (laughs) You will not find the video of this. It was just a thing for the people that were there, but you will find something else. Anyway, Daniel, I love you. I love you. Love you. Uh, Stick around. I'm going to hang out on the people, but not on you. So I'll see you in a second. And everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, we'll do positivity and uh yeah the first rule of film club is uh tell everybody about film club so yeah party on and uh see you later